gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Super friends, welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 129 for New Comic Book Day, February 20th, 2019. I'm your host, Ken Rose, and sitting along with me, actually, he's not sitting along here with me tonight because I am in the remote home studios tonight. He got called up for another bit of monitoring duty, so Vernon will not be with us tonight. But I couldn't wait another week because we have some huge news that came out this week, Super Friends. We actually had New York Toy Fair this past weekend. And DC Comics has a whole lot of stuff that they announced at Toy Fair, just like everyone does always. So, before we get into that, we also had the premiere of Doom Patrol this past weekend on DC Universe. So if anybody didn't have DC Universe yet, what are you waiting for? There is some awesome content on DC Universe. Not the least of which is the new Doom Patrol TV series. Now... For any of the um, kids watching out there, I'm sorry, this one is an adult's show. This is a little more mature, I think, even than Titans was, but it was still a blast to watch. This is, as they promised, the strangest of the DC superheroes teams. And this first episode was basically just an introduction to the team. We start back in the 40s with the voiceover narration by Mr. Nobody himself, Alan Tudyk. And we see the origins of where he gets his powers from. Then we get to walk through each of the different characters. We start with Robot Man, and we see what happened to Robot Man in the 80s and why he is Robot Man. We got to go and see what happens to Mr. Uh, the Negative Man, what, how, how he becomes the Negative Man. We get to see Rita Farr. How, she, how does she become the Elastic Woman? And we even get to see the strangest, I think, may possibly of all of these, Crazy Jane. The woman with, I believe it was 64 different personalities, each with its own superpower. And that, that was basically the first episode. It's going to be um, interesting seeing where we go from here. We have 13 episodes. We did not get Cyborg in this first episode. But we get to see the team. We get introduced to all of their backstories on who they are. And then... Niles Calder, we do get some from the chief, a little bit, not as much of his backstory, but how he has brought everybody together and how he's helping these people learn how to use their powers and how to be superheroes, basically, how to deal with who they are. Well, he decides to go for a, um, he has to go on an errand or something and tells the rest of the group to just stay stay in the mansion and just stay here for now. Uh, and we know how this is going to happen. It doesn't work that well. So they go into town and... Uh, end up getting into all kinds of trouble uh and rita eventually turns into a giant blob taking down the city but the rest of the team ends up stopping the catastrophe and getting back to the mansion at which case the chief finally comes back and it lets them know that there he was trying to keep them a secret for a reason there's something now going to be coming there are consequences to our actions and now we get 13 episodes to figure out what it is that these consequences are. It's going to be interesting to see. Maybe I'm assuming that he actually had left to get Cyborg. Now, we don't know this yet because obviously Cyborg's not on the show yet. But this is, Cyborg as a character, I think, really, really fits into this show well, the way they're introducing this. Because if you know Cyborg from the past, he's got a lot of, through the time he has 
taken a lot of um, growth and a lot of trying to figure out who exactly he is. He didn't want the, any of this um, technology. He didn't want to have a mother box shoved into him and turned him into a cyborg. He was he would have been happy dead as far as he was concerned then. But through the years and through seeing mother or uh, cyborg grow. We have seen him grow into his character and accept who he is, which this story is or this show is going to be, I believe, a show of these characters accepting who they are and moving forward and actually moving on with life and learning how to be happy in their own skins, which is an awesome message to have in a show. So check out Doom Patrol. If you don't have uh, DC Universe, go get it. It's an awesome, all the extra content. And they have, I believe they were saying by the end of March, they're wanting to get upwards of 20,000 comics on DC Universe. I know they're more than doubling what they have now by the end of March. And they've already got some great runs. If you want to know who Doom Patrol is, they have Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run from the 80s and 90s. They have some of the original Doom Patrol on there. They have the new Doom Patrol stuff. Check it out. You can see all the backstory and everything else on DC Universe. Also coming to DC Universe, Titans Season 2 is getting ready to start filming real soon but we've actually got a, a little bit of a casting on a, a possible new per- character coming to the series now the first season in the post credit scene we talked about it that we actually saw superboy and crypto which are both the clone versions of them now superboy is a clone it is this is going to be connor kent but crypto it looks like is also a cloned creature well according to the casting that we've seen going on we may be getting one of superman's villains also now this is according to a a new character breakdown for the series that was obtained by Geeks Worldwide. Um, the description popped up for a newcomer called Dax. Now, mercurial and unpredictable, Dax delights in the element of surprise. Awkward and unpopular as a young ma- boy, he insulated himself from others and developed masterful skills at, of manipulation. This led to a successful career as a criminal where he had a unique ability to catch the enemy off guard with his unassuming nature. Having spent many years in prison for his crimes, Dax is thrilled by the opportunity to get back to work and create chaos for his foes. Now, there's a chance that this may actually be a code name for Lex Luthor. Now, Luthor's appearance was actually teased last year when Jeff Johns said the series would likely follow the storyline he created for the fan-favorite Teen Titans comic books that he was writing for the New 52, I believe. And maybe he was doing it before that. I'm not sure. Vernon usually checks this stuff for me. But when he was writing uh, the Titans, that's the storylines they're probably going to start following. Um, There was a storyline, though, in there where Superboy is actually a clone of Superman and Lex Luthor, which a lot of nowadays that has pretty much become become canon in DC Comics. So uh, Jeff Johns actually said that I pitched Dan DiDio the Superboy Lex Luthor thing, which we'll get into on Titans eventually. So we may be getting Lex as of this year. Now, showrunner Greg Walker was teasing fans with what they can expect coming out of Superboy um, when he was talking here. He says, it's still brewing. What I can say is that we still want to take some care, the same dimensionalized and psychologically grounded approach that we do with the other characters and apply that same pressure to Connor Kent and see what shakes out when you put a character like that through through that test. You know, questions of identity questions of powers, questions of your place in the universe. These are all questions that are interesting for any kind of Superman character and are really interesting for Connor. 
Now, we know this is all going to start filming soon, and we don't have a release date for this, but if it keep on schedule similar to what they had last year, we should be getting this early October, about the same time as the CW shows start. But moving from the little bit of TV news there into the movie news, kind of, is we're going to Blu-ray DVD news. Now, this was a total shock to me. I had no idea this was coming. Uh, I've not got a chance to read these books, but we are getting an animated Warner Brothers home animation and Warner Brothers Entertainment are teaming up with DC and Nickelodeon for Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, we know there's been at least, there's been two miniseries is already crossing over the turtles and uh, batman they're written by james tynan the fourth and freddie williams the second but the movie is going to see the turtles meeting batman and feature our heroes teaming up to face or batman's deadly rogues gallery the film's voice cast features troy baker who's been all over in animation but he's best known in here as for the last of us and batman arkham origins and he's actually playing batman and the joker now, the interesting thing is this is the first time we've ever had an actor actually voice both the Batman and Joker in the same project. We also get Darren Chris, who's won an Emmy for the assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story, as Raphael, Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live as Michael- Michelangelo, Baron Vaughn from Grace and Frankie as Donatello, Eric Bauza, who's done the Woody Woodpecker Show and many, many other things, as Leonardo, Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as Batgirl, Tom Kinney, who is SpongeBob SquarePants as the Penguin, John DiMaggio from Adventure Time and Futurama and everything else you've ever heard as Mr. Freeze, Tara Strong, which is not a uh, new voice to anybody who knows DC Comics. She's playing Harley Quinn and po- Poison Ivy both. We get Carlos Alizraki from Reno 911 as Bane and Kaz Advar from The Expanse as Rachel Ghoul. All of these are going to be in this movie, um, and we know that they just announced this, and it will be coming out sometime later this spring for 4K and Blu-ray and digital and everything else that's available, just like all the other DC animated uh, releases. And this is one, hopefully, that it'll be released on DC Universe the same time as the Blu-ray release, because that's what they've said all their features are going to be now. So that's going to be awesome, but that's not the only Ninja Turtles and Batman news. Because it's also been announced this week that DC, IDW, and Nickelodeon are coming back together again for Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Now, with the 80th anniversary of Batman collides with the 35th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this May, as DC Publishing and IDW Publishing today announced... Now, this was back on February 15th, but they announced... Plans for Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, a stunning six-issue conclusion to the smash hit crossover trilogy. I still remember the email asking me if I wanted to write the first Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover, says James Stein in the fourth, and my brain couldn't even process what I was reading. For a few seconds, I started having a panic attack about fitting it into my work schedule. Then finally, I pictured Michelangelo's reaction to seeing the T-Rex in the Batcave for the first time, and I started laughing out loud. When I got the call to, or then uh, from Kevin Eastman, who's co-creator of TMNT, uh, when I got the call asking if I would be interested in doing some covers for a Batman TMNT crossover, the 10-year-old Batman fan got up and ran around the room screaming at the top of his lungs with excitement. Then the 50-year-old lifelong Batman fan did the same thing. Now, for this, Tynan is reuniting with Freddie Williams II, 
um, who's a, now Tynan we know from Batman and Justice League and Justice League Dark and the other the first two Batman TMNT crossovers. Freddie Williams did also did the first two crossovers, but he's also known for Injustice versus ba- Masters of the Universe and He Man Thundercats. They're also c- hooking up with colorist Jeremy Caldwell for the final chapter of this of the Gotham's Dark Knight and the New York's Heroes in the Half Shell. Now, Eastman is going to illustrate variant covers for the series, as he did in collaboration with Williams for 2017's Commandi Challenge. Now, the story for Volume 3 is a blast, and I'm having the time of my life illustrating it, says Williams. And lucky for me, I'm not alone in this grand task. I'm having a huge, exciting, an exciting personal crossover of my own with one of my all-time heroes and favorite artist, Kevin Eastman. Say what? Yep, you heard that right. We've got something so fun and exciting planned. I'm geeking out about it every day, and I think you will too. Now, I'm absolutely thrilled to have Kevin Eastman, co-creator of TMNT, as our creative partner on this series, continued Tynan. Uh, Kevin will be working closely with Freddie, contributing art on part of the run, in a really exciting way that I can't wait for fans to see. We're going to see bats and turtles collide like never before in a story so big, it's the perfect way to conclude our Batman TMNT trilogy. Now, for the first two volumes of this, we had um, all the heroes fighting the Foot Clan in Gotham, and then they went head-to-head with Bane in New York. But now, in the third biggest chapter, Krang has gotten his hands on the most dangerous technology in the DC universe, and no universe is safe from his wrath. Then Tynan goes on and talks more about this, saying that for the last few years, with the incredible Freddie Williams II, I've been able to shepherd the meetings for two of pop culture's biggest, most iconic brands in huge, exciting ways. We've brought Shredder to Gotham, leading a riot of mutant Arkham inmates, and we've seen Bane bring Venom to the streets of the Turtles' New York City. But now, on the 80th anniversary of Batman and the 35th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we've got the biggest, craziest idea ever, one that brings all three volumes full circle to make a real statement about what these characters mean to us. Eastman actually came in on this and says, I am so incredibly proud of the series so far. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has has easily been one of my biggest personal geek-out moments ever. And from what I've seen of Series 3, my advice to fans is to buckle up. Things are about to get seriously crazy. Forever grateful that James and Freddy invited me into their backyard to play for a bit. So this is going to be fantastic. It looks like Super Friends. And this um, this one's actually coming out May 1st. So get ready. Read up on volumes one and two, and get ready for the wild ride that's going to be Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. This is going to be awesome. Another one that's coming out in early May, though, is DC's next huge event for the company. And this is from writer Tom Taylor, who did Injustice Gods Among Us. He's been teasing this new deceased event. Now, that's deceased spelled with a capital DC at the beginning. Now, what is this? I've... We've been hearing some rumors about this and what this is going to happen. Well, we finally actually have some information. And DC actually has formally announced that the story is an actual full-on event. And um, we have some of the plot details here. Now, according to the synopsis, it says, A mysterious technovirus has been released on Earth, infecting 600 million people and turning them instantly into violent, murderous engines of destruction. The heroes of the DCU are caught completely unprepared, for a pandemic of this magnitude. 
and struggle to save their loved ones first. But what happens to the world's greatest heroes if the world ends? Now, other previews that have been released showed things like how Bat- or Superman trying to contend with the chaos caused by this out- the outbreak of this virus. Others have hinted that not even someone as strong as Darkseid will actually be immune to this virus. But no matter what virus takes place in the world, this is shaping up to possibly be one of DC's deadliest events in recent memory, which is interesting compared when you look at how big Heroes in Crisis has been up to this point. But as of right now, we don't even know how far that's going to go. They may be bringing that all back. We don't know yet. But Deceased Number 1, written by Taylor with art by Trevor Hairsline, who did Legends of the Dark Knight, and Stefano Gaudiano from Walking Dead is actually supposed to release May 1st also. So May 1st is going to be a huge day for event comics with the Deceased Number 1 and Teenage Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Number 1. So the May is going to get huge for us, and this looks like it's going to be a great summer for comics. Next, I got all excited. This past weekend was New York Toy Fair, and DC Comics was there with all of their uh, all of their licensees. They are going to bring us some great toys and collectibles this past this year coming up. Uh, the first that we had was a new toy line that's being announced, and that is DC. Lucha Explosiva, an all-new 7-inch action figure line combining the worlds of Mexican luchadors with the iconic DC superheroes. It says in the press release here that DC Lucha Explosiva is a thrilling and imaginative new universe that blends the action-packed world of Lucha Libre with iconic DC characters. Each 7-inch action figure is a Latin American-inspired reimagination of a popular DC superhero or supervillain, complete with a unique character backstory rooted in Mexico's rich cultural history. Fans can create epic storylines while battling with the first wave of figures inspired by Batman, Deathstroke, Superman, Metallo 2, Wonder Woman, and Cheetah beginning in August. Now, the story here has some pictures of this, and they look amazing. These are everything you'd expect from if the DC superheroes were luchadors. Like the Deathstroke one, he's wearing a singlet, and he comes with a steel chair that's been beat down. Wonder Woman has... Uh, most of these are all wearing luchador masks. Superman is great because he's actually got the lucha mask, and the it's actually very similar to the bombshell Superman almost, the strongman look. Metallo 2 is a robot luchador, and Cheetah... And it's um, like Wonder Woman has the mask and she's got lots of fur all over her and uh, things like that to make her look like the wild cheetah. It looks amazing. The next one is they announced a new premium grade nine inch DC prime action figure line by acclaimed designer duo Ricardo Federici and Juanil Song set to come out this month, this year also in 2019. And prime is described as a new premium grade nine inch action figure line Brought to life by popular artist Ricardo Federici and celebrated sculptor Juanil Song. Each highly detailed action figure features unmatched posability and numerous custom accessories. Batman is the first character to debut in October of 2019. It includes multiple pairs of hands, a a wired fabric cape, and three unique heads. And they actually have a picture up here of all the accessories and everything, including there's three different types of batarangs that comes with him. He comes with his grapple gun. The hands, they have one splayed all the way open. One is closed into fists. And another one looks like it may be actually for gripping things. And the three heads, one is just Batman just looking grimacing. One looks like he's yelling almost. And one is a completely covered face with like a gas mask. 
So this is going to be an awesome action figure to add to the, your collection if you get a chance to do it. And the last one they had in this one was uh, additional collectibles debuting in 2019 are going to include the DC Engines of Chaos statue line. DC's Engines of Chaos is a statue, new statue line based on designs by renowned DC artist Riley Rossmo, who does Batman and Martian Manhunter. Each statue, high RPM transformation of a beloved DC character uniquely adapted for a gritty dystopian world. Some figures are adapted to battle, others to survival. This new line will race into stores November 2019 and is the first statue featuring the Dark Knight. This new line will race into stores in November of 2019 with its first statue featuring the Dark Knight atop a custom bike complete with armored wheels, a bat-shaped grill, and a Joker bot. And looking at it, it looks amazing. This almost looks like um, a little more cartoony, but it seems very similar to the Gotham City Garage line. And the one with the Joker bots and Batman, he has a Gatling gun on the front of the motorcycle. And it it looks really cool because there's a lot of grays and blues used together in the suit. The other one they have sitting here is Poison Ivy on a scooter. And she has a, a gun also. She has very a, a very Gotham City Garage look to her costume and a bunch of different plants and things that you'd expect to see in Poison Ivy's costume. Now, they also announced uh, a bunch of new figures for lines that are already out right now. So additional figures to things. One of them being the Batman Black and White series by Greg Capullo um, has a second edition statue. And this one is of the, ba- the Batman Who Laughs. It is great. He is sitting there, one arm up in the air. He's got the spikes around his head just because he is the Batman who laughs in black and white and a giant chain coming down to the base. Also in the Batman black and white line is another Batman figure. This one is by Joe Maduria. And this one is a very buff, not quite to the, um, not quite the same look as from the Dark Knight Returns. But he is a lot above Batman. Great uh, use of the cape with it looks like the wind is blowing it. And it's just going to be another beautiful statue to add to your black and white collection. Now, with the black and white series, the Batman black and white series of statues as such, they're actually putting out a mini seven-piece box set, number four. And this has uh, Batman standing with a cape beside him. Number two in it is the penguin holding the umbrella. It looks like he's shooting with it. They have a very stylized Batman with the big eyes, and um, I forget what this series was called. I have one of the figures here, um, but it's a, a stylized Batman, not actually from the comics. We have a very 90s-looking Batman with a, like a Jim Lee 90s. The cape looks like a Spawn-type cape where he's going, kind of going nuts. He's got the spikes on his shoulder. We have another Batman, which has him looking up into the sky like he's um, contemplating. And then the last two is a Batman and Robin set of two. And it lo- they look like they go together like the classic Cape Crusaders. Next up, the Bat family gets a multi-part statue. Um, and one of those statues in it is the Red Hood standing on the edge of a building. The other ones that go with this, we have Damian Wayne's Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl and Batman and you buy all the statues together they come together and create one one statue of its own we've seen a couple of these before I know if you watch DC Universe they used to for a while on DC Daily they had the Trinity statue on the desk or they did this last year with the the original Teen Titans new Teen Titans cover by 
George Perez and made them into separate statues that could go together to form the cover. Next up, we have this one, I believe, is from Factory Entertainment, and I will be talking about that one here in just a minute, so I'll skip that one. Next, then we do get a Harley Quinn red, white, and black statue from Greg Horn. This is a metal Harley Quinn. So this is Harley Quinn if she had been part of Dark Knight's metal. So this is if we went back to the original world that the Batman Who Laughs comes from and grabbed Harley Quinn and brought her out, She this would be her. And she has a mask that looks like the Batman Who Laughs mask, similar, but she's wearing a Harlequin mask also. The next one we have in the line here is the DC Designer Series Batman statue by Frank Miller. And this is the classic beat-up Batman from The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, we do we have a statue from Joelle Jones for the DC Cover Girls Huntress. And this one's just a concept drawing because this is, is not out yet, but it is coming soon. And the next one, these ones look amazing. And this is two statues for the Dark Knight's Metal series. We get the Red Death by Greg Capullo. And then we get the Batman Who Laughs and Robin Minions deluxe statue. It is the Batman Who Laughs surrounded by three of his Robin Minions. So these are going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these. These are going to be great to add to your collection if you collect DC collectibles and statues. Also, Factory Entertainment is going to be launching of mini prop collectibles for the DC universe. These are all mini props from the DC films. And there's going to be three collectibles when the line first launches. You'll get the a Batarang from Shazam, Wonder Woman's Sword and Shield, and Aquaman's Trident. Specific sizes for these items were, are not mentioned yet, but the company says their average footprint is about two inches wide. I can see in the image here, they look awesome. And even at two inches, that's perfect for like on your desk or around your computer monitor. So you can have your little piece of the DC movie universe. Then Funko wasn't going to be left out of the announcements and stuff. Funko has actually announced two new Funko Pops for this year. Obviously, we will have more, but these are the two they showed. And that is they are putting out a Red Wing Robin and a Joker Death in the Family Funko Pops. The Red Wing Robin, if anybody's not sure what it is, he looks very similar to the Red Robin look, but without the cowl, he has just the domino mask. But he ha it is the Tim Drake Red Robin costume with the cross bandoliers. It is the original, very similar to the original Red Robin costume. I believe this was the new 52 version of it. And the Joker from Death of the Family is the Joker with the face that has been torn off but stretched into place and bolted down wearing a regular just work jumpsuit and it is very kind of creepy to look at so these will both be available sometime this year um it actually says here that these are both hot topic exclusives um that will be available before the end of february so before the end of this month you should be able to get these from hot topic if you're collecting uh funko pops and that red robin i may i think i'm gonna have to go find and get next up they're expanding the DC, the Batman, the animated series line with three new figures that are being reimagined for the look of the Batman, the animated series. First up, we get Jason Todd as Red Hood, and it is in the DC universe or like I said, the DC animated universe style. It's interesting because he's got a cool scar on his face. The mat, his mask is removable. Next up, we get Deathstroke. And the Deathstroke, the colors they've chosen here was blue for the suit and then orange or an orangey yellow for all the accents and for the half of the mask instead of the black and orange. So it's an this one also has a removable mask. And the last one, which is kind of amazing, is we get Azriel 
in his bat suit. That's going to be awesome to see. Any Azrael fans, I've always been an Azrael fan, and this one looks great. I almost want to see the Batman the Animated Series episodes or an animated movie of Nightfall. After seeing this, I almost want to see a Batman the Animated Series take on Nightfall. The whole story, Nightfall, Night Quest, all of it, and see Azrael become Batman, and then Batman come back to take Azrael's back. That'd be a great three-part movie, or, or more even. Similar to the way they just did the death of Superman and reign of the Superman. Go back, do Nightfall, do Night Quest, have Bane come out, come in and break the bat. It would be a fantastic series of movies, and especially if they would do that in the style of Batman the Animated Series, just, just shut up and take my money. I, I'll give it to you. And the last one we have here is they're actually adding another statue to the Bombshells line of statues, which has been an awesome and beautiful line of statues. They have shown they're bringing in death from Neil Gaiman's Sandman series to the Bombshell line. Now, death in this, the statue looks amazing. It is death in a nurse's uniform. In her hand, she holds her trademark umbrella and syringe. She's wearing a silver onk necklace and a black cloak. The Eye of Horus is visible on her right cheek, and this beautiful yet ominous statue was announced along with a Mary Marvel Shazam bombshell for, uh, and we have no idea when those are actually coming out, but they are going to be awesome to see when they come out. The uh, There's the Mary Marvel. It's just the concept, but anybody who read bombshells remembers Mary Marvel was very much had a uh, band leader or marching band leader look to her. So it's going to be cool to see how they interpret that in this. So I'm not sure when those are coming out, but they will be later this year. But all of these DC collectibles are looking amazing for this year. I'm hoping we get, I'm able to pick up a couple of these. If not, I can't wait to see them at the local comic shop. But speaking of comic shops, we can't finish up the show today without a trip of our own. And that sound can only mean one thing. It is time for our weekly trip to the comic shop. This week, as every week, the comic book shop is brought to you by the Shazbots. That was their song, Comic Book Shop. Check them out on iTunes and Spotify and Facebook and send them a message. Let them know that the DC Superpowers podcast sent you. Now, this week, we only have eight books in to cover, and they start with Aquaman number five. She's here. Witness the epic origin of Aquaman's most dangerous foe yet. The nefarious Nama. Meanwhile, Aquaman, still trying to piece together his strange vision of a dangerous red-headed woman, agrees to accompany Kale across the dangerous waters to meet her long-lost mother in exchange for recovering his lost memories. But as the two allies, or maybe more, approach Nama's island, strange events begin to occur that reveal a shocking truth about Kale herself. Art is done by Daniel Enriquez and Robson Roca and is written by Kelly Sue DeConnick. This has been an interesting take on Aquaman since Kelly Sue DeConnick has taken over, where Aquaman has no memories, remember. He's washed up on this island and has no idea what's going on. You find out all the people on this island, I believe, are the ancient sea gods, if I remember correctly. So it's interesting to see where this is going, how this is coming about. We are getting close to probably the end of the first arc of this to see what's going on. And as you, they mentioned about the mysterious redheaded woman, we all know who this is going to be. It's going to be great to see 
when how they bring Mara back into this. Next up, we get Catwoman number eight. What is it that they say about houseguests and bad fish? How they both start to stink after a couple of days? Well, Oswald Cobblepot has been hanging around Catwoman's new city, and Selena Kyle has been holding her nose for far too long. It's time to send the penguin packing. I mean, the guy smelled like fish before he arrived. Art is done by Elena Casagrande and is written by Joelle Jones. Next up, we have Damage number 14. And we know Damage has already been canceled, so I believe there's one more issue. I think they're going to issue number 15, and that's going to be the end of Damage for now. So, we get stranded on an island of monsters. Following his run-in with the Justice League, Damage is dropped in a remote location in the middle of the ocean. A lost island of some of the most dangerous creatures ever to roam the Earth. And now, Damage is one of them but only for an hour a day. The rest of the time, Ethan Avery is an ordinary man, and he's going to have to survive by his wits if ever he wants to get back to the mainland alive. That is, if there isn't more to this island than is obvious on the surface. Is there a more sinister reason all the monsters have been stranded together? Art is done by Matt Ryan and Aaron Lepresti, and is written by Robert Venditti. Yeah, this is kind of interesting, because he's dropped on an island that looks kind of like the Savage Lands type of place. Lots of, like, dinosaurs and stuff, so it'll be interesting to see what's going on here. And next up, we get Justice League number 18. The Legion of Doom returns as the history of the Legionnaires Club is revealed. Lex Luthor's mysterious connection to this ancient society runs deeper than even his Legion of Doom comrades ever suspected. And his secrets threatened to destroy everything. A blood connection to the dark underbelly of the DCU's history bubbles to the surface in this epic villainous tale. Art is done by Pascal Ferry, and it's written by James Tynan IV. This has been interesting because the last issue of this had, it was a story of just Martian Manhunter and Lex Luthor. And you find out that Lex Luthor actually met Martian Manhunter when they were both children. And Martian Manhunter was stuck on Earth, but they had actually erased Luther's memory because Luther actually helped Manhunter escape. And Luther's father actually erased Luther's memory so that he wouldn't remember what had happened there. Next up, we actually get Naomi number two. Now, this is number two. These are in the Wonder Comics line aimed more at teenage, teens and young adults reading. But these have been awesome so far. I Young Justice has been out already. Naomi we have, and Wonder Twins premiered last week. Wonder Twins was great. Imagine a day in the life of the Wonder Twins as they're trying to figure out how to work their way through high school on Earth and having their first day working at the Hall of Justice. That's what happens in the first issue there. But this is Naomi number two. The most startling and intriguing mystery in the DC Universe continues as Naomi searches to uncover the secrets of her own origin. What do her small town's oversized mechanic... And the last time a superpowered person appeared in her hometown have to do with the day she was adopted. Big emotions, new characters, and the last page cliffhanger that can't be missed lead off this issue drawn by breakout sensation Jamal Campbell. Don't miss your chance to meet the most exciting new character in the DC Universe. Art is done by Jamal Campbell and is written by David F. Walker and Brian Michael Bendis himself. We have three books left this week. The next one is Nightwing number 57. Now remember, in this Nightwing, Dick Grayson is now Rick Grayson, and he's not wanting to be a hero at all. It says, Destiny, Fate, Predetermined Inevitability. These are all things that Rick Grayson has struggled to reconcile now that he has been given a second chance at life. A life recently unburdened with years of trauma, defeat, and struggle 
when the hero known as Nightwing was shot in the head. Now, Rick must come to terms with who he is and what kind of hero he wants to be, if he wants to be a hero at all. And while Rick is content to walk away from the mantle, one woman has been hiding in the shadows, waiting to solidify an identity of her own, an identity tied for all eternity to the clown prince of crime himself. Enter the Joker's daughter. Art is done by Travis Moore and written by Scott Lobdell. This is going to be an interesting story because I've not actually read the Joker's daughter in anything other than bombshells. She's a character that's not used much, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with her here. Next up, we get Teen Titans number 27. Every Teen Titan has a secret, and they all come spilling out here. As Jin helps Robin recover from his injuries after a brutal showdown with Red Hood, she tells him all about her dark past revealing some unsettling truths about herself. Meanwhile, Red Arrow helps Crush find a new sense of purpose, and Roundhouse reveals the tragic story of how he got his powers. Art is done by Bernard Chang and is written by Adam Glass. And finally, we wrap this up with Batman number 65. This is the third issue in the Price storyline that they're doing with The Flash. And this is The Price the two greatest detectives in the DC universe take on the one cold case that will tear them apart. As chief architect of the sanctuary program that costs so much for so many, especially Wally West, Batman will be held accountable by the Flash. The cold case from the Justice League's past has mysteriously reopened, and Batman and the Flash, the only two heroes who stand a chance of cracking the case, are at each other's throats. Our heroes must combat a demon from the past while burying their own inner demons in the process. Neither the world's greatest detective nor the fastest man alive will ever be the same again. But who is really pulling the strings here? And how does Gotham Girl fit into all this? Friendships will be tested and blood will be spilled in this titanic crossover event. Art is done by Gillum March and is written by Joshua Williamson. And that brings us to the end of our comic shop pull list and to the end of another episode. Super friends, I want to thank you for hanging out with me this week. And Vernon, hopefully you're having fun up there on the watchtower. You don't want, they'll stop hopefully giving you all the uh, monitor duty so often. I mean, there's got to be someone else that can do this. But we will endeavor to persevere, and you will be rejoining us. I miss you, brother. You will be. You'll be back next week, though. I, I've been. I've been told. So, the, that depends on if another league emergency doesn't pop up. But that's all good. Remember, though, Super Friends, we had some great news this week. A lot of DC Collectibles news. Now, what do you think of the DC Collectibles? Are you excited about any of the statues or the figures that are coming this week? What do you think of Doom Patrol? That is actually coming out every week now for the next 13 weeks. So don't forget to watch it, but let us know what you thought of it. Also... What's the chances do you think of actually Lex Luthor appearing on Titans? Let us know. You can always find us at our website, www.dcsuperpowers.com. Also on the website, you can find a link to our gear, our Tee Public page that has T-shirts and pillows and coffee mugs and travel mugs and tote bags and just about anything you can put a DC Superpowers logo on, you can get on our Tee Public page. There's also a sponsors page on there, and from there, you can find people like Sideshow Collectibles, 
uh, Things from Another World, Entertainment Earth. And a lot of these new collectibles that we've seen from Toy Fair are available from these sites. Check them out, and um, they don't cost you anything extra to go through the uh, website. All it does is they give us a um, couple of pennies here and there to thank us for you sending you guys there. You can also find us on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are DC Superpowers Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Superpowers DC. You can find my partner on Instagram and Twitter at Howlin' at Wolf. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as, or sorry, Instagram and Twitter as GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm just Ken Rose. Email the show, DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on our network homes, the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and WeebyGeeks at WeebyGeeksPC.com. And so, for the close of issue 129, Super Friends, we'll see you next week. <laughs>